The purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. It is no substitute for professional care by your doctor or your qualified healthcare professional. Never disregard or delay professional medical advice because of something you've heard on this podcast or in any linked material. Guests who speak on this podcast express their own opinions, experience, and conclusions. Dr. Shirley neither endorses nor opposes any particular opinion discussed on this podcast. The views expressed on this podcast have no relation to those of any academic, hospital, practice, institution, or other entity with which Dr. Shirley may be affiliated. Welcome to Forever Fab, the podcast on fashion, the art of living, and all things beauty. This podcast is curated by Dr. Shirley Madir, MD, as the definitive source of holistic wellness through beauty. This week's episode is dedicated to audacious living. The title of the episode is Living Well from the Inside Out, Affirming Your Personal Creed. This is my interview with Christina Rice. To introduce Christina, I'm going to quote from her website, and I quote, We believe that luxury is your birthright, that every object, experience, and pleasure of this world can be yours simply because you have come to be. We believe in sisterhood, community, and leaving a legacy rooted in self-love and self-care. We believe in the audacity to live fully, the willingness to take up space, the courage to dream of a life with adventures your great-grandmothers could never have dared to dream, and the ability to create a safe place for yourself in this world to live well from the inside out. End quote. These words are taken from the website of a global community founded by my guest, Christina Rice. Christina is a serial entrepreneur, health and wellness creative, and certified yoga and meditation instructor. Having launched her first business at the age of 21, a high-end woman and men's boutique in Nashville, Tennessee, she has always been a self-starter and entrepreneur at heart. After four years plus in business, Christina sold the store and relocated to New York City, where she embarked on a 13-year storied, illustrious career in public relations, including launching her own agency, Lux Life Media Incorporated, in April 2010. Over the course of her career, Christina has worked with an array of high-profile personalities and brands and celebrities. Yet despite the celebrity adventures and exciting, fast-paced career, Christina hit a proverbial wall. She was burnt out. In 2015, she decided to pursue her yoga teacher certification with a passion to share how yoga transformed her life to other entrepreneurs and busy professionals. Later, in March 2017, she launched Om Noir, a social wellness platform for Black women and women of color. Om Noir hosted their first wellness retreat in Grenada in October 2017 for over 50 women from all over the world looking to recharge, refocus, and recenter their lives. Currently, Om Noir has a community of over 40,000 plus women who are looking to reset and recharge as well as redesign their lives and heal. Christina joins me via StreamYard today to discuss the audacity to live fully the willingness to take up space, and the courage to dream your epic life. Welcome, Christina. 
Congratulations on your success. And thank you for becoming a beautiful member of the Forever Fab community. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you today. Okay, let's get right in it, shall we? So what inspired you to start a fashion boutique at age 21? I mean, most people are just like, like, you know, trying to figure out what they can do legally, but you were way beyond that. You were like, no, I know what I can do and I know what I shall do. And that is to start a men's and women's fashion boutique at the ripe old age of 21. What, what, what motivated you? And you know, it's so wild. Um, whenever I do interviews and, and we go back to early 20s, I'm like, I did that. Yes, <laughs> you did. <laughs> um, let me see. You know what? I would say that uh, I do come from a family of entrepreneurs. And so I always say I'm an entrepreneur at heart, right? I was kind of born with that in my blood. Yes. So, you know, I went to college. Well, first of all, I had a couple different career changes from high school to college. I remember I wanted to be an attorney at one point. I wanted to be a psychotherapist at one point. <laughs> uh, and then when I got to college, you know, I decided to go into business information systems with is technology, you know, which is technology today. Yes. And so I learned how to like build, um, let's say like a reservation system for a hotel. Wow. And so, and then I also minored in computer science. But when I graduated, I had no plan. <laughs> I didn't even try to look for a job. You know, most seniors are putting out the resumes and they want everything lined up. And I graduated and I was like, well, what do I do now? And for about six months, that question was looping in my mind. And one day it just came to me uh, and everything that I have ever done, it just comes. Wow. And, and I just honor it. And so it was like, open up a clothing store. And so I, you know, at the time, you know, I'm giving my age what internet was just kind of. Oh, come on. You're still 25. Right. right. <laughs> uh, and so, you know, instead of like Googling everything, I was at Barnes and Noble and I was uh, learning how to open up a clothing store retail business and, you know, um, uh, you know, uh, shows that I need to retail shows that I need to go to and all of that kind of stuff. And, you know, there were a lot of people that were like, well, you never worked in retail, you haven't owned a business and all of that kind of stuff. And I was just like, I just feel it. I just feel like, wow, this right for me. And I did, I had probably about 5,000 in savings. I wow. rolled against my car, you know, and I opened up this really tiny boutique um, that was like off the beaten path in Nashville. Uh, and it did exceptionally well. And I outgrew it. And uh, a year and some change later, I moved into a 5,000 square foot store across from Vanderbilt in a very, you know, wealthy area of Nashville. And, um, I had that store open for four years, so a total of five years wow. until it turned out. Unbelievable. I love, I love what you said about you just felt it and you went with it. Mm -hmm. So to me, that sounds like you are listening to your inner voice. Yes. And you obviously know how to manifest because part of what it sounds to me like how you manifest is that you align with the flow whatever it is, you're open to whatever is presented to you. And then you're also in alignment with, you're not resisting the reality of what is. Yes. So 
yeah. you know, I, I try to wrap my head around, oh my God, how are people manifesting, you know, this all the time and they just think of something and boom, there it is. Cause I yes. can't get it. I can't get it. I just feel like I'm just going to have to power through and work my butt off, but yes. it doesn't necessarily have to be that way. So you had this store. It was very successful. You outgrew it five mm -hmm. years later, you in this, you had tremendous success. And then after that successful retail store, you were just like, yeah, I'm done. And you moved to New <laughs> and you moved to New York. So now what inspired that? Because some people would have been like, oh, it's just a rough start. Let me keep going because I have proven my success. But you were just like, done going to New York. How did that happen? So <laughs> I woke up one day. <laughs> and um, and so I have friends that lived in New York and they were in the music business. And um, they were like, just come up here. And, and I also knew that I didn't want to spend my life in Nashville. Okay. Like I was ready. I had already, you know, I did four years in college, four, five years, another five years with my store. And I was like, it's just time. Yeah. And um, I ended up selling everything in the store. I, and I moved to, to, it was actually New Jersey. And I moved in with my friends who lived there for a while, probably about six months until I got my own place. But it was a, it was like the six months. <laughs> That's a, a, a theme. Right? <laughs> six months in, I was like, well, it's time to get a job. <laughs> so one of my uh, one of my friends who was in the music business was was like, you would be a great publicist. And I had no idea what that was. But I was like, well, maybe I'll start in fashion PR. Because I kind of Googled it and I was like, oh, I can do this easily. I did yeah. it for my store marketing, yes. um, you know, just being able to to uh, market myself. Right. Yes. And so uh, I, I put out my resume and I want to say it was probably like the second company I reached out to. They called me. I came in a few days later and they hired me on the spot and I had wow. no idea what I was doing. <laughs> I was actually, it was a French clothing company, very high end, yes. $500 sweaters, cashmere sweaters, wow. um, had a celebrity clientele and I was in charge of the North American market. I had no idea what I was doing, wow. but I'm a Google queen. I figured <laughs> out, I researched when I had to write my first press release. I was like, how do you, how do you write a press release? And yes. I read it. And it was, it was in WWD and like all wow. these other places and all that stuff. And so I, I kind of taught myself, you know, along the way, I would say I'm, I'm, I'm self-taught. And then I also had mentors at the time as well, as I went along in my PR career. And so I just got a little better and better and better. Yes. And so uh, and then I started my own PR agency. Unbelievable. <laughs> I'm loving the story already. And we just started. Thank you. <laughs> so two, two questions. Mm -hmm. What, how do you think having had your own business help you in your PR career? Meaning what did you learn by having your own business that helped you? And then the second part is the PR question. What did you actually enjoy about PR once mm -hmm. you learned how to do it? That's so good. I think um, number one is being a self-starter uh, and two there's always a solution. I ah. say there's never a problem if you have a solution. And so, you know, I think being in business at that young age taught me how to swim with the current instead yes. of against it. Yeah. And, um, and again, to be able to pivot at a moment's notice 
And that, that skill set for me has been my entire entrepreneur career is how to pivot, when to pivot, and sometimes to pivot before you have to pivot. Mm. A lot of times, like in business, it's like it's like you're at the last, you know, or the hanging like, on by a thread. You're hanging on by a thread. Uh, and so I'm always looking ahead at to what's next, how do we grow? Like I said, where are the, the pain points? Mm. And before they become an actual problem, what is the solution? And so that is something, especially as a publicist, you know, and I was working with celebrities and really big brands is that we had to be ready at a moment's notice for a crisis too. Right. Crisis management. Because manager. And so all of these things as like, as a business owner, again, at that very young age and dealing with inventory and sometimes really high revenue months and really low revenue months and like, you know, trying to figure out how to manage a 5,000 uh, square foot store and a mortgage and a rent. I had bought a house, like I had wow. a townhouse. So I had all these things. And so, you know, I think because I was still as a young adult in that development stage, a lot of things were just ingrained in me from that experience. And so I've taken it my entire career. You were built for it, Christina. The more I hear it, you were so built for it. I'm so impressed so far. And again, that was just like the fourth question. Okay. So so what did you enjoy about working in PR? I mean, I have this idea of PR like being like, oh my God, they get to hang out with all the celebrities. And you know, so what did you actually enjoy by it? That was it. <laughs> that was it. That was it. You know, it was, it was, it was a wild time. I mean, I come from a small town, Akron, Ohio. And um, but I will say. When I was in high school, I was like, I got to get out of here. Mm-hmm. Like, if I want a really big life, it's not going to be here in Akron. And so, yep, I would say probably uh, a couple of things I loved about PR is, uh, number one, of course, it was a lot of fun. I traveled a lot of great places. I was on red carpets, you know, wow. the Grammys, the VMAs, um, you know, Super Bowl, New York Fashion Week, all of those just like all of the glamorous things that you think about PR, but also because, you know, with some of my clients towards the end of my PR career was in tech and it was young black tech founders. Wow, cool. Able to be at the, you know, at the, at the beginning or at the time that they were rising and to be able to see their lives transform from all the press that we were able to get for them. And, um, and just generally just telling their story of inspiration as young and black in tech. I think that was probably one of my most satisfactory times. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Now on the flip side, what did you feel was lacking or where were you disillusioned? Mm. What were you disillusioned by in PR that ultimately led to what you described as your burnout? Mm. Well, okay. So I've had burnout a few times. (laughs) (laughs) Like the Phoenix rising and you rose again. (laughs) Every time, every time. um, I would probably say it was, you know, in around 2015, I was going through a really difficult time in my life. Uh, you know, bad breakup, just feeling, I don't know, out of alignment mm-hmm. and I'm still running my PR agency. And so I started taking yoga at the suggestion of like one of my 
former assistant. She had lost a ton of weight. She looked amazing. We had met up for dinner one night. And so she was like, I'm going to this yoga studio that was like two blocks from the office. Oh my gosh. And I started, you know, um, I started going to the yoga studio almost every day for months. And I would say probably, let's say not every day, but maybe four or five uh, days out of the week. And something was just shifting in me where mm. I was like, I'm just being called to a different kind of work, uh, something that um, is just more in alignment with this this healing transformation that I'm going through. Yes. And so it just, the, the red carpets and the long hours and being smack dab in my office was right in the middle of Times Square. Wow. And so all of that energy. Energy. Was just was just not in alignment, you know, with where I wanted to go, where I needed to go for my own healing and transformation. And so, one day I was just like, "I'm done." <laughs> like, I'm done. <laughs> I didn't. I also didn't know what was next. Mm. And so I was in a weird, you know, transitional period where I'm frustrated. I don't yeah. want to be here. I'm ready to go, but I need this money. Yes. So it's, that's a hard, very hard place to be. Yes, it is. In, you know, and so. Especially uh, in New York. Especially in New York. And so, uh, and so, you know, I just, you know, I just focused on my practice and my own, you know, development and all that kind of stuff. And then one day uh, the yoga studio announced that they were hosting a, you know, um, a yoga teacher training. And I didn't, I didn't want to be a teacher. I didn't, none of that was like in my orbit at the time, but I wanted to get deeper in my practice. Yes. And I was like, the way that I can do that is to learn the history of yes. this practice. Right. And to, and pay for it. Right. So that yes. we committed to it. That's right. So You're that, in it. Yeah, I'm in it. And so that was the fall of 2015. I started, it was a 10-week uh, yoga journey, a 10-week yoga teacher training. Uh, and I was, I, I say this all the time, it saved my life, mm. completely saved my life. And it brought me into a whole new career. So did you find yoga or did yoga find you? <laughs> yoga found me. Because <laughs> <laughs> all you knew was that you were done. <laughs> yeah, I was done. I was done. But that is something you said in the beginning about going, you know, with the flow mm -hmm. is, you know, I try to live life in flow and not force. Yes. So I just kind of open myself up to change and new things and pivots and asking a lot of questions to myself, to the universe. And I just, I, I just put myself in a place of openness and so allow can receive. So I can just receive. Right. Mm. There there could have been a period when I was, you know, ready to leave PR where I'm like, you know, just trying to force things. Yes. Like, well, let me just do this and let me do right. this. Let me, let me like start up an, another hobby and see yes. if I can make money from it. And like all of this kind of angst, this energy. And yes. I wouldn't be here if I had distracted myself from the one thing that I needed to do, and that was to heal. To heal focus on my, on my, on my practice. And that was it. I mm -hmm. so can relate to everything that you're saying. I'm happy we're having this conversation. 
Um, because what you did and what you have done and continue to do is not easy. It is not easy to be in a place where you're either not happy, you're not satisfied, you, you, you know, you're not manifesting, you're not living in your flow, you're not feeling like, ah, this is my purpose, my mission, and, and living out your dreams. It's a very difficult place. Um, but then to be able to surrender nice. and to say, okay, that's okay. It is what it is. This is the reality, but I'm just going to completely open myself and do whatever it takes that comes my way is also not an easy thing. So yeah. I applaud you, Thank you because you have obviously not only found your sweet spot, but it seems to me that you have found your purpose. You are totally mm -hmm. living in your flow and your alignment. Mm -hmm. So would you say that your need to heal, your primary primary need to heal, was that part of your redesigning your life? Because you went from burnout to then, you know, having the successful PR agency and then burning out again and then not mm -hmm. knowing what was next. Mm -hmm. And now here you are. So the need to heal was that part of your transformation? Yeah, absolutely. It was, it was calling me. I mean, it was such a rough couple years prior to that. Uh, such a, just a, a dark, um, place that I was in. And so my only focus was to get out of that place, yeah. Got that it. Was it, you know, um, and that was all I could focus on yeah. my yeah. capacity at that point. And so it's like, you get lost in a cave, like you're not thinking of anything else, but right. how to get out. And so that, that is, was the beginning of my, my life design, Right, which I called my purpose. Yes. Before I was just kind of doing things because I was good at it. Yeah. And now I do things with Om Noir and my work is because I'm called to it, because it feels like I'm in flow. And I say, and as long as I stay in that flow, I'm always gonna be okay. Love, love, love. I also share with you that I was in um a difficult place at um, one point, oh, many points in my life, frankly, and many, 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 but one of them most recently, um, just had a lot of questions, not knowing what was going on. And so like you, um, I had found yoga previously and just was not very, um, consistent with my practice. And then I thought I want to go deeper, not because I want to teach, but because I want to deepen my practice and I want to understand more about myself and how I interrelate with the world. And so, I took a yoga teacher training program also, but to this day, and that was over, I don't know, a couple of years ago, maybe to this day, I have not taught. Oh, wow. <laughs> to this day. I've taught my cousins, but that like, that's it. That's <laughs> so, really interesting. Isn't it? Um, so how do you go from healing and transformation and really just focusing on self-love and self-care to being a wellness entrepreneur. You launched Om Noir, which is a social wellness platform. It is a wellness platform, but it's also a social platform about building community for women of color. Mm -hmm. So how did you go from a personal experience to now this expansive global community? Mm, well, it was probably about three weeks into my training where I was like, okay, I think I wanna teach. You know, like, okay. I think I want to teach, but one thing that I noticed as a student and as a yoga teacher trainee 
And then as a teacher, as I was very few yes. black women and women of color in That's my right. campus. And I, and as, you know, as I was transitioning out of PR, um, which actually didn't happen until two and a half years later uh, after I graduated. But as I was trans, you know, in this transitional period, I was talking about my yoga journey, mm-hmm. talking about becoming a teacher and like mm-hmm. all that stuff. And so, and I was on social media and I had a pretty decent following at the time, but, you know, more black women, they would message me, when are you teaching? I want to come to your class and like all of that stuff. Then of course the feedback at the end of class, thank you for seeing me. Wow. Yeah. Thank you for holding space for me. And so that was like a light bulb moment, Mm -hmm. you know, that black women, women of color, you know, desired and needed a a space for them and to be led through a wellness journey by someone that looked like them, that understands their pain points and their challenges and both physically and mentally and emotionally and all of that stuff. And so Om Noir actually started as, I had a different name. I forgot what it was. It's something glow. I forgot what it was. Um, I love Om Noir. It is brilliant. Thank you. And so I just started an Instagram page and it was, the sole purpose was really to highlight other Black women and women of color in the wellness space. Mm. That's also, you know, then I would get messages. Do you know a yoga teacher in St. Louis? Right. (laughs) So that was, that was the initial purpose of it. And at the time I was still running my agency. So I was just randomly posting here and there on Om Noir. Most people didn't even know it was me. Yes. And I was still running my agency uh, and I was teaching all of that good stuff. And so that was probably a good nine months. Wow. Of juggling it all. Of juggling it all before something started to take shape with mm. Noir. And it was like, I think there's something there. I think there's something there, but I still didn't know. Again, I just wasn't forcing. I was like, it'll come to me when yep. it comes to me. Yep. And it came to me. Yes, it did. So you built this amazing community that has helped thousands of women um, be in a safe space and to find their tribe. So people who look like them, who's suffered the same pains, microaggressions, macroaggressions. And so of all of the things that you've heard and of all the many things that people have commented on, what would you say is the most common or most prevalent need that has been expressed among these women or by these women? Hmm. I would say the biggest is to be in a space of healing that is reflected back to them. Mm. Uh, And also community and connection. You'd be surprised. And uh, I, I, I still, sometimes I'm still like, wow, wow. When I hear the stories, there are a lot of women who who feel alone mm. and who are seeking other women who are who have the same experiences but they also struggle with vulnerability yes and transparency and so what i find at these spaces that we create outside of social media you know um, 
but are more intimate at our retreats and like our private membership is that when you have that one person that's brave enough to say, I am suffering infertility issues. Mm -hmm. I am going through a painful divorce. There are dozens of other women that are like me yeah. too, you yeah. know? And so it's, it, it's, it, it, it stirs up something very special and it's, it's a word. Precious. That, precious. That's it. That's it. Really precious when you find your people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's it's completely opposite of misery loves company kind of thing. Yeah, completely. Right? Yeah. It's just it's it's so it's just so special when you find someone that it's it the connection is heart to heart and soul to soul. And so for me, that's what that's what makes you know our community and our, you know, the spaces we create and other spaces you know, that are, that are led by black women and women of color, where you can just, you can, you can peel back so many layers because we spend our lives putting on armor, yeah. after armor after armor. And so when you're able to, to peel so many of that, somewhat, so many of those layers off, you, you, you allow so much more in. And yeah. I think that's what makes the space so special and but sacred. And sacred. And also, again, that's just what I hear is like, I found my people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. So now what do you think, aside from what you've personally heard, what do you think, I'm gathering from everything that's going on in the world and in our communities, what do you think are the most or is the most pressing wellness issue for mm -hmm. women of color today? Cause there's a lot <laughs> mental health. Yeah. I think it just starts there. It starts there because when you can, when you can, when you're well in that area, you're well, you're well across the board, right? Because a lot of our issues and challenges with weight, with food, with relationships, with finances start here. Yeah, start here. And so <clears throat> it's that one thing kind of I was talking to a friend of mine the other day because I'm I'm doing a 21 day, de 28 day actually detox. And, you know, and she was talking about like, I just I'm starting with just water. And I was like, <laughs> when you, you know, when you discipline yourself in one area, it spills over into others. Like if I start working out and, you know, I'm four, four weeks in six weeks in, the next thing that comes is the food. Yes. Right. Because now I just want to eat healthier. That's right. It was the same thing, you know, brain food and your mental health is what if once you're well there, you want other areas of your life to be well. It's hard to be, be very clear on who you are and yeah. who you want and uh, like, and what you want, I mean, and healing from traumas and all that stuff and to be in a relationship that is toxic. Yeah. It's very hard to do that. It is. Right? Because it is, it is a, is a complete opposite of the work that you've done. Right. And so I think, you know, mental health and I have, um, unfortunately, you know, experienced it at home, meaning, you know, or close to me in my, in my heart, my mentee of, 
10 years committed suicide. Oh my God, Christina, and, I'm so sorry. I, it, it, June, 2020. So we were in the mm. pandemic. And so for me, that was so traumatizing. Cause it's like, this is a work that I do and I couldn't even save my friend. Right. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Save my friend. So, you know, that's, that, it starts, it ends there. It's, it, it's the number one thing I think we we have to focus on. Yeah, uh, and so that that to me always is like that's it. That's yeah, it, right? yeah. yeah. Starting here, yeah. you know, so many other areas of our lives can improve. Yes, you know, if we if we take care of our if our mental health, that's it. So if you had a basic wellness prescription <laughs> for managing stress, let's say. What would that be? What would you prescribe to every person if you just like, you know, here's a wellness technique that you need to do to help you manage stress? What would that be? Well, there's not one. And yeah. I always um, I always say is that you have to be really intentional about building your wellness toolbox. Mm -hmm. And so I'm a person clearly that you can see that experiments with a lot <laughs> something crumbs across my, my orbit. I'm like, Ooh, let me try that. <laughs> Reiki, you know, yoni yep. steaming, of course, meditation, like all of those things. And so I have all of these tools in my toolbox. And yes. so whenever, you know, I'm feeling burnt out, overwhelmed, um, frustrated, anxious, anything, I could just go in there. And and at different points, they may speak to me. Sometimes yeah. I may just need to journal. Yeah. Sometimes I may need to just go, you know, sit in a corner and breathe. And sometimes I may need to hop on a plane oh, yeah. and, and go on a vacation. That happened to me in November. I mean, it was to a point that my brain just it stopped working. I remember I I booked a, a a trip last minute, and the night before I was trying to like you know wrap up stuff and 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 send out emails, and my hands froze. Like I couldn't I couldn't even remember what I I was typing, and I was like, "This is it. Like <laughs> I'm done. I'm done." And so it has to be all these different. Like I said, all these different resources and modalities that you can pull from. So there is no one prescription. You know, it's just something you have to keep refilling over and over. But you also have to be really intentional about trying new things. Because again, at different points of your journey, your your wellness, um, you know, path, different things are going to speak to you. Sometimes I'm really heavy into journaling yeah. and other times I'm really heavy into my meditation. And so if you just have a lot of uh, tools to choose from, you never run out. Right? Yeah. That's perfect. Mm -hmm. I, I agree with you that at different times and different points in your life, you'll need different things. Mm -hmm. I know the first yoga class I took, you know, we were sitting and starting the class and we opened with a couple of ohms and I will never forget what was going through my head. I, I immediately thought, WTF are these ladies chanting about? I come on. <laughs> and, and now years later, right? I it, it's funny how 
the, your vibration changes when you chant it, or at least mine does. So mm -hmm. never say never. So thankfully, even though I was being sassy, I, I remained open. Yes. yes. <laughs> so I agree with you being intentional about your toolbox and how you build it, but having more than one tool. Absolutely. Absolutely. You've been listening to part one of the Forever Fab podcast with my fabulous guest, Christina Rice. Please stay tuned for part two. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Forever Fab, the podcast on fashion, the art of living, and all things beauty, curated by Dr. Shirley Madir, MD. Live beautifully and help make the world a more beautiful place.